top of the chain, so I let you know yeah. the name. Getting all the fans entertained. Listen. Running in the game. Listen. Everybody's saying Yo. they want to be a Everybody loves the acclaimed in Philly. We put the Lucha Bros on ice like gritty. We killing every city that we landing in. Packing that heat like my name's Arn Anderson. Yo, and it's a given. We send them boys packing quicker than Ben Simmons. Lucha Bros don't stand a chance like Rob Balboa. They're fake-ass champs. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. this up i don't know why i put it that far hello <laughs> and welcome to another edition of the hashtag miranda show this is your host the twitterless heroine herself the ring announcer to the stars miss fancy pants the most professional podcaster the pop punk princess and of course the queen of soft style Miranda Morales here. Wild card, bitches! You could go like two different ways with that. You can go the way you went with it, or you could be like, you know, play shark on aisle four, play shark on aisle four, the uh, Marlboro, Marlboro cigarettes, play shark on aisle four. The gentleman on line three needs to know the price on the Trojan condoms. No, the extra small ones. Yes, line three. The gentleman, I believe he said his name was Michael. I believe he said his name was Michael. I don't know. He's in here all the time. He orders a blue shirt. I don't know. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know. I could have. I could have. But no, I, I went with the ring announcer voice instead. Um, How appropriate. I, you know, sometimes I've done my NPR, very soft voice. Please. Uh, join us again on the, another edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show right here on thecheershot.com. Secure for insomnia right there. Yes, not in a bad yeah, way. So, no, no, Could no, you no, imagine no, if you're doing that, right? Like, like do, do your NPR voice again. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Hashtag Miranda Show. It's <laughs> like scared the absolute shit out of somebody. <laughs> This is a sensory overload right now. Like so many voices and things happening just really within the first right three now. minutes. Are you fucking with me? Yes, we are, listener. Yes, yes, yes that's we what are. we do. This is an ASMR nightmare or dream, depending on what you're go into. I'm not sure. 
this little fish end lens. I'm glad we're not recording because this little fisheye lens right here is just not conducive for me. It's not. It's not showing my good side, which is is the left. Yeah, it's the left right here. This one is the good side. So I like would not want to do the show this way, but I would because this is the good side. See, I would do it this way, and then I have to position the videos. So I had to move the microphone if I did that, though, because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You got to move the microphone. Then we had the good side, and then I'd be looking towards Mm -hmm. you, and you'd be looking towards me. But we'd have to also have to look at the camera. It'd be weird. We'll have to do... When we make the return to videos, we're going to do... We're going to face certain directions. Greg producing already. This is not even... I'm producing future shows that haven't even happened yet. Yeah. I got to worry about this one first. That's what we do, yeah. And by the way... I am here with my co-host. He's oh, the yeah, kingpin yeah. of the chairshot.com, uh, the unstoppable one. And by the way, if you didn't know, he's also a wrestling promoter, Greg what? DeMarco. <laughs> so we're a few weeks removed from um, Adam Cole coming to, to AEW. Yes. Um, just, just doing a little check-in because now, you know, when you play that, does it still give you the same you know, chills up and down your spine before, like before, or is it more like a sadness that that's what, what it was? It's more nostalgic than anything else. It's, it's really brings up memories of stuff from NXT because it really, to me is more, it's, it's emblematic of Adam Cole. It's also emblematic of what NXT was. And the NXT that we all love so much. Like, yes. to me, those two things go hand in hand. At, this, at Basically, the most dominant performer of that era, of the of the original NXT run, was Adam Cole. He was champion for longer than anybody. He had that run. The Undisputed Era had the amazing run. Like, And I'll be honest with you, and this is what we were trying to talk about today, but whatever, right? It's a podcast. Whatever. Um, I can't even envision the undisputed era on, you know, I can envision them in the black and gold. I can't envision them on no. the yellow, and, and orange, blue, yeah. and green. No, no, no. I think that's a sign of the times that they were only meant to exist within that period. And it could absolutely, I, I totally get the nostalgia element of it because as we talked about on the last edition of the show, really NXT has changed in a short amount of time and it continues to change even tonight. Uh, you know, spoiler alert. Well, no, because this is not Wednesday. Tuesday. So, yeah. yeah, it's Wednesday. But, you know, you have a new NXT North American champion in Carmelo Hayes. And yeah, not the guy who was in the match. Not the guy, not not Santos. Um, and so I think, it, and it, you know, it's not a Isaiah Swerve Scott who is going to be going up to SmackDown. But that is like very much a, something that they're cementing. Did you know? As, Did you know that Isaiah Swerve Scott was going to SmackDown? Did well, I if you know? didn't know, now you know. Uh, they go here now. They do so, go here now. They go They go there now. They do go there now. <laughs> I'm going to use that all the time. Thank you, Bianca Belair. That was WWE the, one of the greatest lines ever. We to Raw, but we didn't. We That's didn't right. forget you here on the Hashtag Miranda Show that you go there now. So. Um, but anyways, so speaking of tonight's episode as we record, which is today, but you could be listening to it at nighttime or during the day. I'm not sure. However, 
the topics that we're going to be talking about tonight are revolving around women's wrestling and uh, two big events that are happening with the two major promotions um, in AEW and WWE revolving around women's wrestling in some new concepts. We will be talking about WWE's Queen's Crown Tournament, the long-awaited tournament uh, that many fans have been hoping for. We're going to be talking about the updated brackets and ultimately who think who we think will win. And on the flip side of the cool side of the pillow, the flip side of the coin, the other side of tomorrow. I'm not sure what all that means, but on the other side, we will be talking about AEW's big announcement of the TBS Championship, which is a secondary women's championship. Um, at this point of recording, we do not have any um, information as to who's going to be part of either a tournament. However, that's going to be determined. It's a tournament, correct? I believe, yeah, it's got to be a tournament because they said the brackets are going to be released on Dynamite, okay. which this yeah. week is on Saturday. So even when people listen to this... Unless plans have changed, they shouldn't have any details about it either. Yes. So we're just going to give some of our thoughts on who we think should be part of the tournament and, again, who ultimately should win. So a very women's wrestling-oriented episode of the Hashtag Miranda Show. I am thrilled on that. I think we're going to have some great discussion um, and some thoughts. And, you know, we're going to get into our own way of sharing our difference of opinions between myself and Greg DeMarco because that is what we do. But before we get into all of that, I do want to remind everyone, of course, Greg and I do support and love independent wrestling. We are both part of a independent wrestling promotion right here in Arizona. We talked about IZW Impact Zone Wrestling during the last episode with the move to Scottsdale. And with that, we are still just a little over a month away from IZW Fully Legal on Saturday, November 20th. Uh, and a very kind of unique aspect of this show, of course, is not only just celebrating 21 years of IZW, but we are proud to announce that we have not one, not two, but three women's matches throughout the show. And so I wanted to take a chance to kind of briefly talk about all three of them uh, because they all have kind of their very unique aspects, storylines in particular, the last one I'm going to be talking about. And it's something that is fairly rare in a independent wrestling show. The only time you usually see this many women's matches on a show is when you are doing a women's show. So with that, um, you know, it, there's still uh, a lot to cover in IZW, but tonight I really just want to highlight the three women's match that we're going to be having at Fully Legal. The first one is going to be part of our VIP uh, portion, where you have four matches for the VIP portion, and one of them is Maserati versus Gem Gemini. Uh, Maserati um, really featured all over the U.S., but hubbed in Las Vegas it was a uh, in the Ring of Honor uh, Women's Tournament earlier this summer uh, to determine the new Ring of Honor Women's Champion. A really, like, just a ledger of opponents and promotions that she's worked for, and one of them is IZEW. Jim Gemini, based out of Colorado, uh, and really a spark plug. She may be small in stature, but her energy um, is really through the roof. So this will be, uh, I think, more of a challenge than Maserati thinks, but Jim Gemini, you know, her, her heart is only going to take her so far in this because Maserati is experienced and 
and she's a killer in the ring. So make sure if you want to see this match, you get tickets for our VIP experience because it is definitely, uh, you know, it's definitely going to be something else. And there ain't many of those tickets left, like literally on one hand. Yes. So uh, up next, we do have Lilith and uh, Reagan Grimes. Now, this is going to be part of our main show. And this match was supposed to happen um, during our last show. uh, And unfortunately, uh, both got into an accident in which they couldn't be able to make it to uh, the venue. And so uh, that was something that Greg um, did mention during the last show that we were going to get this show. So this is one truly long awaited. It was supposed to happen before. I mean, Lilith Grimm has only been in wrestling as far as a a wrestler for, I believe a little over a year, not very long. And really the impact that she has made with her style is something very unique, something you don't see very often. And so she's slowly, not even slowly, but she's quickly become a fan favorite. Uh, But, you know, I think she's going to continue to work her way up the rankings within the IZW women's division. And finally, we have the grudge match. This match has been going on for quite some time, and it is coming to a head in a strap match, Bryn Thorne versus Morgan. Bryn Thorne has come into IZW, taking what she believes is her rightful place as the top of not only just the women's division of all of women's wrestling in Arizona. And any woman who wants to get through that has to go through Morgan. And she, they have, fought really all over the arena. Morgan, uh, Brynn has kind of taken things to an additional uh, level, really trying to take Morgan out permanently. And so this grudge is going to be set with a strap match. Um, And this is not the first strap match that we've seen in IZW. We've seen Gino Rivera versus the Navajo Warrior. But even then, I feel like there's a level of aggression to this match that we didn't see with Gino and Navajo warrior that could very possibly happen within this match. Um, both women are determined to win. Both women are determined to really make an example out of the other. And both women are going to do whatever it takes to win. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, it, you know, we had the strap match back in May. We have another one here. It's, it's a year later. It was at nav 30 where, Bryn Thorne attacked Morgan uninvited. She wasn't even somebody that, that I had been booking in ICW, and I guess she didn't like that too much. Made her way in, attacked Morgan on, you know, her husband's biggest night ever, and and decided to make her statement that way. In the big ceremony throughout the rest of the event, Morgan had to be in a sling because of Bryn Thorne. So this is a long time coming, and, you know, they, they try to derail things at Grand Prix, and now it's come up to a strap match. I don't even know if there's ever been a women's strap match before. I have to research it because if it's not, then we I need to, to. Yeah. If there you, isn't you one, need I need to do a better job of promoting promote, it. Right? Yeah, I'm push. I'm push. Right. Push. I got to find out, push and then, then I got to leverage it if so. But it definitely hasn't happened in the state of Arizona. And and for these two women to be putting this on, I mean, it's a huge spot for for Bryn Thorne, who we believe in and have done so much with, and Morgan. I mean, she's the. She's a veteran. She's the ace of, of women's wrestling in the Southwest. And she's putting that, you know, informal crown on the line. And, and I mean, once that bell rings, who knows? It's going to be brutal. It's going to be uh, something that you don't, you're not used to seeing out of women's wrestling. But 
I'm excited about it. I'm excited the fact we have all three. I'm excited that we have three women's matches on the same event, and it's not an all-women's-themed event. That, to me, speaks volumes of just what's important to us and what we're doing and, and the way our product has evolved. And, you know, the, the talent who gets over, the talent who shows the ability, they're the ones that get used. And the fact that we've got these six women and there are more that we could have used. There's a woman we've been using that we're not able to use this event because we just don't have the space. So it's, it's yeah, it's, I'm super excited about it, very proud of it, and can't wait for that to be a big part of what we do on November 20th on the 21st birthday of IZW at Fully Legal. Tickets are available. Again, as Greg mentioned, a VIP is tickets are dwindling. So if you don't get VIP tickets, that means you don't get to see Maserati versus Jim Gemini plus several other matches that are listed um, on IZW social media page. We do also have a loser leaves town match um, between Aguila and Mike James, as well as their managers. Um Dr. Beaver, Las Vegas, his, his association uh, with Mike, uh, with Mike James, uh, Miracle Mike and, James, and Johnny and Rocks then, with Aguila, and Johnny Rocks with Aguila. So, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen there? But someone is going to someone's leave done. IZW. Yeah, someone's got to go, and that sucks. Yes. But someone's going to have to leave. Yes. So, uh, and of course, tickets for the main show are still available as well. Uh, we have moved to Scottsdale, so we are at a bigger venue. More seats are available, but that still doesn't mean they won't sell out. So make sure you get your tickets now. Greg, where can our listeners find information uh, on IZW? Almost anywhere. Um, you can obviously go on our social media at IZW Wrestling AZ. On Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, the link to buy tickets is in pretty much everything we put out. You can also head on over to the website, izwwrestling.com, pick them up there. And as soon as they come in the mail, as soon as they show up, there will actually be a physical location in Phoenix, Arizona, where you can physically go and buy tickets if you want to. So that is coming up once the, uh, the, the tickets that were ordered actually arrive. So that is coming soon as well. Yeah, so stay stay tuned to the Hashtag Miranda Show for all of your latest updates on IZW Wrestling. But up next, Craig, I'm going to need you. Yes, me. Yes, you. Me. To wind it up. I can do that. It's time! Yes, it is indeed time for you. Yes, you. To go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to pick up your very own IZW and chair shot t-shirt today. Yes, you can get t-shirts for both the chairshot.com and impact zone wrestling at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. And if you do right now, you may be able to use a 20% off promo code. Thank you for Pro Wrestling Tees customer appreciation sale. Now that code is exclusive for just 24 hours starting on October 13th from 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So make sure that you take this opportunity to go ahead and buy your shirt in soft style. Yes, that you can save 20%. You can order your shirt in soft style and still save money, including the Queen of Soft Style t-shirt. Of course, we got you with that. But that also includes multiple IZW t-shirts, the new Linear Chair Shot t-shirt, the hashtag Save Tag Team Wrestling t-shirt, 
the chair shot worldwide chair shot corona everybody hates greg baron corbin sucks second nerd so much more available at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot various sizes and uh shades different colors and of course styles are all available for you and don't forget to use the promo code thank you to get 20 percent off your order starting october 13th at 1 p.m eastern time 24 hours only to use this promo code so make sure you use it at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot that is prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. So as I mentioned earlier tonight, we are talking about women's wrestling. We are first going to start off with WWE's Queen's Crown Tournament. This is the women's division equivalent of the King of the Ring, which many fans have been asking for for quite some time. Um, really, it, for years, ever since the women's revolution came, ever since we've gotten uh, the women's Money in the Bank, bank briefcase Ever since we got uh, the women's uh, Royal Rumble match, this was naturally the next match that we wanted to see and wanted well, to get. I, I have so, a question. I have a question yes. for you. And it could go in one of two different directions as I think about it. But the fact that it's called the Queen's Crown Tournament and not Queen of the Ring. Does that bother you in any way? Do you just just not bother, but just just thoughts about the fact that they went in that direction? They went the, went the direction of Queen's Crown tournament and not Queen of the Ring. Um, I would say at first I was kind of like that's that's not what I had thought it would be called, but I've gotten used to it, and I get that. You know, I think it helps build its own identity. Legit, honestly, my legit first reaction is, oh, they're gonna call it the Queen's Crown tournament because Charlotte's gonna win it. Oh, yeah, exactly. And so then when I saw Charlotte wasn't even in the brackets, I was like, okay. Well, that surprised me, too. Yeah. I figured Charlotte was going to win it. Like, Bret Hart won the first King of the Ring after being <laughs> WWF champion. And so it wouldn't – the first televised King of the Ring. Um, it wouldn't have surprised me if Charlotte was the first one to get that accolade. She'll get it in the future. It's interesting to me because I – years ago, there was – and it even happened with TakeOver when they had the women's Iron Man match. And everybody got all mad because it wasn't an Iron Woman match. It was an Iron Man match. And even Lita, who was working with the company at the time, said, if you made it an Iron Woman, first of all, Iron Man is a proper noun. It's not, it's, mm-hmm. it's the Iron Man triathlon. It's all that stuff. Yes, yes. And she argued if you made it the Iron Woman match, it almost made it seem like a lesser version of the men's match. <clears throat> it's an Iron Man match. The men have an Iron Man match. The women have an Iron Man match. It's an Iron Man match. And to me, I thought, well, Queen of the Ring, it almost seems like, Oh, it's just another version of King of the Ring. And it would be easy for people to put it as lower then. Whereas Queen's Crown, it does stand on its own. It does all that. I also do wonder if there's any kind of semantics involved with the fact that the finals are in Saudi Arabia. And and if that has anything to do with King versus Queen and, and, and how their royalty structure is, I don't know. And anything like that. So I can't rule that out either. But personally, I would have been fine either way. But I think it's fine they have their own identity, and I think it's yeah. I think it's great. Um, 
And I, and I haven't heard t- I, there were some complaints at first and they kind of went away. So, yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, it, even the, if there was complaints, it was kind of a, a smaller population. And I can understand that as far as um, exactly that too, m- almost the opposite, that not having it as queen of the ring is trying to make it a lesser than version because it's not, you know, they're not using the same title. I don't know. It, it, it's semantics really. Yeah, like you I, could spin it, it any way you want. You could spin any it any you way. You, want, you could spin it there. Yes. So, uh, but I'm, I'm cool with the queen queen's crown tournament name. Now it's settled in for me. I'm comfortable with it. You know, we'll see ultimately, as I said before, it's really what they do with the tournament that is going to solidify its success more than the name itself. Um, and with that, let's quickly talk over the eight, uh, women who were originally announced for the tournament. And then we'll go to our final four. Uh, we had Tony Storm, Zelina Vega, Dewdrop, Natalia, Liv Morgan, Carmella, Dana Brooke, and Shayna Baszler. Now that was, again, something that as Greg and I just alluded to, you know, those were names within the women's roster that I was a little surprised. I didn't know if we were going to get those women in more of the higher tier uh, programs like Becky or Sasha or uh, uh, Bianca or Charlotte in this. It does seem like they are now confined to that one story. And, uh, you know, this really allowed for... Uh, really both were on SmackDown to showcase kind of their varying women's talent. So for me, I was actually fairly happy to see uh, people that we don't get to typically see on our TV screens um, or in lots of matches um, as part of this tournament. And it wasn't just a dead, oh, this is going to be something that Charlotte wins. Um, with that, we now do have our final four. Um, we have Zelina Vega, who's going going who will be going up against Carmella. And do drop versus Shayna Baszler. So I want to quickly talk about these two matches and then also make our predictions. So Zelina Vega versus Carmella. Now, this is interesting because they have been kind of partners. Uh, they've been in an alliance as of late um, and a fairly good team. They've been kind of cheering and supporting each other. Both have also recently been drafted to Raw. Um it was kind of a surprise to see both of them end up here. You would have thought at least, especially with Carmelo versus Liv Morgan, that this would have been a natural spot for Liv, but instead we got Carmella. Um, I'm interested in your thoughts on how we got here um, as far as having Zelina versus Carmella. Yeah. When it was first announced, when the, when the tournament itself was first announced, you, uh, you thought it was the perfect vehicle for, Liv Morgan, and and mm-hmm. she had shown uh, that she was deserving of a push, and she was getting one, and it'll come, it, it will come. Um, the fact that we got Carmella and Zelina Vega, it is weird. Uh, it's really weird because it would have made a lot more sense in my brain for it to be Tony Storm, mm-hmm. who who got that opportunity to move forward at least to make it to the semifinals, unless they they foresee Zelina Vega as the winner. Um, yeah, I just I just don't know, and I don't think they do see Zelina Vega as the winner, but. It, it, it does see you, you think one of those two matches would have gone the other way, but instead we do get yeah. the Zelina Vega Carmella, which is having two people trying to out heal each other can be interesting and can be fun. Yeah. If they're given the time to do it. And, and as you look at the time of these matches, I mean, the longest match was three minutes long. 
Like yeah. they've not that's been a given whole, a ton of time. That is a, that's a, let's get into that. That's a whole other topic. I believe the data on that is that combined the first round matches for the Queen's Crown Tournament has been less than 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, wow. it's, it's a little crazy. Now, that episode matches, of SmackDown yeah. was packed. It really was. Um, so I do think that's part of it. I mean, you know, dude, Roman's got to make his entrance. Like, I don't know if you know this, but he's, he's the head of the table. And, and we I can't mean, yes, commercial. but also like that is going back to kind of the original point is, you know, this there's a lot that rides on the success of this first time. It does. doesn't it mean is. that. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that's the only time. But but you know that. The thing do about we feel this- like we're regressing? Like, let's just just put that out there. Are we feel like we're regressing in women's, you know, at least for WWE in their in their women's wrestling division, where now they are going back to matches that are yeah, you know, less than five minutes. It is. It is. It, there is that right now. What's going on now? The top programs are still getting more time. And and it's yes. the undercard, and we already have. I mean, you've got this major program going on with, and and those matches even going down at, um, at you know Crown Jewel, which is of course where this is the finals are going to take place. To me, that's not what this is going to be remembered for in the end. Do I think it's bad? Yeah, I do. I think these matches should be given more time, and I hope the semifinal matches are going to be given more time. Although. Zelina Vega never wrestles long matches, number one. And I don't expect the other semifinal to go super long either, which we'll talk about when we get there. Um, to me, it's all about the outcome of the tournament itself is how this mm-hmm. is going to be remembered. And these opening round matches will long be forgotten once we get there. The biggest surprise out of everything we've talked about to me is the fact that Tony Storm's already gone. Like, yeah. I would have been more... Like if, if you, if you said it could either be Zelina Vega versus Carmella or Tony Storm versus Liv Morgan, I would have gone with the latter. I would have said it was going to be Tony Storm versus Liv Morgan. Yet here we are. Again, these tournaments are built with the winner in mind first. The rest is just kind of filled in anyway. So, um, we gotta, we gotta keep that in mind. Once you hear who I think is going to win, I'm not surprised at all that Liv Morgan went out in the first round. And with that, we'll jump to the other side of the bracket. We have Dewdrop versus Shayna Baszler. And this looks much more of like a traditional bracket setup. You have Dewdrop, who has been going over as a babyface ever since she um, cut ties with Eva Marie. You have Shayna Baszler back being the badass that we all know and love. Um, so this one does feel like a great tournament matchup. And Dewdrop, I think I am surprised that out of the newer talent that's come through, she is the one that has made it this far in the tournament, it's especially, um, you know, as you talked about a Tony Storm, where we had more of a preparation for her and almost a high, and more of yeah. an expectation uh, of her success, where Dewdrop has really been more of a breakout star, um, which does, you know, lead you to wonder with this match, you know, how is that going to work out? Is Shayna going to end up, you know, having another name on her list of someone that she's destroyed at the expense of Dewdrop or is Dewdrop going to pull out, you know, uh, an incredible win, almost a Cinderella story in beating the much more aggressive and experienced Shayna Baszler. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting that they, they, like you said, that Dewdrop got the push. Tony storm is just, you know, in a lot of ways, this is going to sound crazy. There's a lot of similarities between her and Karrion Cross. 
They look like they should be mega stars, but it just doesn't pan out that way in WWE. It pans out the way in other places, but not in WWE. And I just feel like she might go down as an overall disappointment someday. Like there just seems to be something missing. And I don't know what it is. She didn't get the mega run in, in NXT that we thought she was going to get. Mm-hmm. She got caught up to the main roster. It's kind of floundered since that happened as well. And, and she's had big match. You know, she's had matches. She's had wins, but this would be the perfect vehicle for her, just like the May Young Classic that she won was. And everybody thought she wasn't going to win it because she was facing, um, you know, Io Shirai in the finals. And, or was it Kyrie saying? I don't remember. But either way, it, it just, it's just the way it worked out. Like, I feel like she is, Right now, under delivering, underachieving uh, what we thought that, that she would have, whereas Dewdrop came in to Raw the way she came in as Dewdrop. I don't think anybody had any expectations for that. No. And no. just the way they were using her, the way she was positioned, and, and even the look they gave her and everything. And yet here we are. She's already vanquished Eva Marie, who then Shayna Baszler basically wrote out of storylines. And now Dewdrop has an opportunity to stand on her own. And you know, again, it's a, it's a cycle of WWE booking, and you got to take advantage of it when you get it, and she's getting it right now. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned a good point as far as maybe the expectations, but it goes back to the way that she was brought in, entertainment. You know, I think that that is such the big emphasis and thing that maybe agitates fans, but also is what WWE's bread and butter is right now, entertainment. Dewdrop came in because she was in an entertaining storyline with Eva Marie. There was a story to tell, and you were rooting for her because people don't like Eva Marie. So anytime, you know, that you have someone who can go up against Eva Marie, fans would love it. But it was entertaining, whereas Tony Storm hasn't been in anything that had enough you know, teeth to entertain fans. Right. And it, and it's not about wrestling ability. I feel like that's the same thing. If you're going back to that Karen Cross analogy, there hasn't been that level of entertainment. Now, I don't know if it is a writer's thing or a wrestler thing. It, this is a weird analogy, but I, I don't know if you've seen, but Kim Kardashian West was on Saturday Night Live this past weekend and actually did fairly well. But a lot of the comments that I was seeing was more about the writing, that she was given some amazing writing. The writers just like blew it out of the water. And so I'm curious, I mean, the delivery of Kim Kardashian West, you know, you know, maybe her monologue and stuff weren't the best delivered, but it was entertaining because the stuff that she talked about was fairly no holes bar. She did talk about you know, Kanye West. She did talk about Caitlyn Jenner. She did make fun of her sisters and her family. It was like no holes barred. So it leaves you to wonder, is it the entertainer or is it the writing? And, uh, you know, again, I don't know what was built for Tony Storm or if there right. was anything built. But if, say, there was some go- something good the writers could grasp their teeth into, would we have a different conversation about Tony Storm? Maybe it's highly possible. The problem is, is, and again, here's the thing with Kim Kardashian West that you talked about. She does a great job and everybody talks about the writing. What we need to go back and find out is what were the expectations of her before? People probably expected her to go in. People probably expected her to suck. And so when she didn't suck, they were like, oh, well, we thought she was going to suck and she didn't suck. So it must be the writing is why she didn't suck. Mm Mm-hmm. If we thought she was going to go on Saturday Night Live and be amazing and she bombed, no one would be like, oh, my God, the writing was horrible. They'd be like, she bombed. So it's, it's again, this whole predisposition thing. People sit down to watch Raw and expect it to suck. And if it doesn't suck, 
they're never going to give credit to the writers because they think the writing is horrible. They would always give credit to the performers. At the end of the day, it really takes both in, in a situation like Raw and a situation like Saturday Night Live. You've got to have good material, and then it's got to be executed well. And when both come together, that's when you have a truly good thing. That's probably what happened on Saturday Night Live. She probably had great material, and she delivered it in a way that made sense for her to deliver it because because oh, yeah. it's funny to call say her character, but she's really a character in life. Like that's what she is. Like nah. her day to day life is a character. Legit, I've been watching the People's Court uh, segment like five times today. I, I loved it. Also, shout out to John Cena who made a guest appearance uh, on Saturday Night Live um, as far as on the Dream Guy segment, which was great. Um, so. I just and and anytime again, he's interesting in that he really excelled in comedy as whereas the rock and other wrestlers you thought would be best in action movies, which we did see he was in the Marine. He started that franchise. John Cena excelled in comedy. And that's also, I think, another thing in expectations. People expected him to be an action movie star. And he wasn't able to be an action movie star until he killed it in a bunch of comedy roles first. Yeah, like The Rock. I mean, he he was a, a star, and and he had some action movies early, but he didn't have the mega blockbusters till after he did the Disney Cycle, and then oh yes, like That's he had to be true. the Tooth Fairy before he could be, you know, Hobbs. So it, it, it was a lot to it. Yeah, before, before yeah. he got there, even though he was in sure. The Blind Side, he was in or whatever that movie was called. He was in I can't uh, remember Gridiron the name of the movies. Gang. Gridiron, yeah. There's another one. He 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 was in some movies that were more the action roles, but his career took off after the Disney cycle, and then he became basically when he stopped trying to be Dwayne Johnson and 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 allowed himself to be the Rock again. Then his career took mm-hmm. off. That that's basically when it took off, and I think going through the Disney cycle helped him do that. And for John Cena, it's interesting because he was good in F Nine, but. It was still like there were just so many dumb things I, that I couldn't. Yeah, I was take gonna say like off. I've even in, in gosh, man, his comedy roles seem to just be, uh, yeah, you know, just more memorable. And they he do. ends up doing it seems like to do more comedy roles, you know. Um, in yeah, I but like I said, he was go- good in F nine. Yeah. He if they bring back the Expendables again, which I know they're gonna do, I'm sure he'll be in that. Like there's stuff that it makes sense for him to be in. The whole F nine thing, like I just couldn't get my hand around. They, they don't. They look. They not. They they don't look like brothers, so it doesn't make any sense. But it's neither did Jordan Bruce doesn't look like anybody's sister either, so it just doesn't work. But neither here nor there. Um, yeah, do drop. Anyways, anyways, going back to it. Uh, so let's let's real quick. So who are our predictions as far as these matches here? Selena versus Selena Vega versus Carmella. Who do you think? If we want to do wood, should okay, we, we can do that. Um, I'll try to because I have a take on it, and so um, who will win is Carmella. Who should win? Doesn't freaking matter. As we'll allude to. I agree. I think Carmella, I think Carmella will win. Um, I think, you know, her personality comes into play, her character, her wrestling all comes into play as, and again, they could really, you know, amp up, you know, she is the first woman to, to win money in the bank. They, all these accolades, you know, commentary could talk about, but I feel like personality and character wise, Carmella is kind of the 
the person to win the side of the bracket. And she's Up just next, reliable. Yeah. She's delivered on yeah, a higher yeah. level than Zelina Vega mm-hmm. ever has. And so it just makes sense. Yeah. Uh, then we have Dewdrop and Shayna Baszler. Who do you think will win on that side of the bracket? Who should win and who will win is the same person. That's Shayna Baszler. Yeah. Yeah, I know we haven't talked about her a lot in this because we got sidetracked, but really, I mean, she is back. She is back. And I love it. I love it. I, I love it. And we forget, too. I mean, as we talked about at the beginning of this, there's another, another queen in WWE mm-hmm. that hasn't gotten the same level of attention, but is every level the competitor. And that is Shayna Baszler. And the she queen is of spades. She, she, she's the, the comeback tour of people's bodies just on, you know, leaving bodies on the floor. This Shayna Baszler. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And... I guess I should wait and let you ask your your next question. Well, no, I mean, I was going to ask as far as, you know, with that, who do you think will win the Queen's Crown Tournament? That's why I said who should win doesn't freaking matter because it's going to be Shayna Baszler. This thing was Shayna Baszler's from the start. And and exactly as it as it should be. Like this is the vehicle she needs. The Queen of Spades should own the Queen's Crown and she will come October 21st. And, And that's... It's it's exactly what she should be doing, exactly where she should be. And again, it's the cyclical booking of WWE. She's about to come on the upside of that cycle, and she's going to take full advantage of it because she's damn good. And mm-hmm. it's it's going to work, and now she'll have something to defend. And she's best when she's in the come-at-me role. And yep. and she's going to have something to defend, something that's unique to her, something that no one's ever had before her. It's going to be her own title that she can and can focus on and defend and, and basically come at me. And, you know, if you, you come with the crown, you, you better be ready. And, and they're not going to be ready. It's also why I think Liv Morgan and Tony Storm were out so quickly in this tournament because they would have just ended up getting their asses kicked by Shayna yeah. Baszler in the end. And if you do have plans for them someday, and I do believe the company does, why sacrifice them to Shayna Baszler? Why not yeah. use somebody else? You don't need to. Now, I can also see the flip side. We've talked about how King of the Ring has been used in more of a gimmick type mm-hmm. of uh, utilization in the past. So it does lead me to believe that Dewdrop could pull the upset and beat Shayna Baszler and end up beating um, Carmella as well yeah. because of the, the story that she's built so far and the fact that she was so much of an underdog to this kind of uh, a family friendly F you to Eva Marie and a lot of people mm-hmm. who didn't think and again you think about the, the gimmick a crown you know I don't see Shayna Baszler walking around with a crown uh, I mean she could but I don't feel like it gives the same entertainment value as Dewdrop. Right. So as much as I absolutely agree that Shayna Baszler should win, I also absolutely see kind of the curveball in this being Dewdrop. And the thing um, is, if, Dewdrop if doesn't have to pull crown. off Dewdrop doesn't have to pull off the upset. Shayna could lose by disqualification. Mm-hmm. She could simply lose by refusing to break her hold. Yeah. Gets disqualified and do drop advances, which is a very big possibility. So it's like my biggest fear about that match, honestly, yeah. is that she gets disqualified for not breaking her hold. Um, and then do drop, and then they go the homecoming queen route with do drop, um, you know, winning, winning and rubbing it in even Marie's face because then she'll come back. Yeah. I just, and that's where the playlist mentality comes in because I don't want to see it. Because oh, yeah. I want yeah. to see I mean, Shayna I, I feel like, that. again, this being the first tournament, you want to add a sense of realness, of, of 
authenticity of competition. <laughs> but Miranda, I have to bring back this horrible memory for you. What happened in the first ever women's money in the bank ladder match? I mean, yes. It went so but, poorly they had to redo it no, on SmackDown. Well, yes, but also Carmella ended up being the best money in the bank briefcase holder did. that they've had. So, but they basically erased the original from history by having oh, her yes, win it without James Ellsworth's help the second time around. Yes, because it was dumb. It was dumb. But again, Carmella's reign, I feel like, overshadowed and kind of made Absolutely. up for that. So I do think that you know, depending on the rain and how this goes, and even if they even do a second one, because who knows, they may hate this one so much they said we're never doing it again. Here, yeah. fans, you had your one. I don't know. But also, I know what I'm I know who I'm dealing with. I know I am dealing with world wrestling entertainment. Scary. It's scary. You never you just you I'm just scared. don't know. But that's why we gave our predictions on the Queen's uh crown tournament. After the commercial break, we are going to be jumping into the TBS championship world and give our thoughts on who we think should be in contendership and ultimately who we think will win. Go ahead. Pay some bills, Greg. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshop.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, Podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. All right, we are back for the second half of the Hashtag Miranda Show, and we are talking the TBS Championship. Uh, Very recently, AEW announced that they now have a, or will be, crowning um, a TBS champion, which is going to be a secondary women's singles belt. Um, and so this will kind of mimic, I believe, the TNT championship. It even looks with, the same. Yeah, it looks very similar, just with the TBS logo and all of that. But with AEW... So, so we can never criticize the WWE's championship belts again. Just want to point that oh, out. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It's not, it's not that pretty. It's like... Yeah, maybe from far away it looks pretty, but it's not that pretty. But, you know, this is, you know, with with uh, um, Dynamite moving to TBS in January, you know, they are going to have content. They're going to have TV shows on two different networks, TNT and TBS. So, of course, they would be needing a TBS championship. Now, this is unique in that it is a secondary singles women's, women's singles belt. So it's not, you know, the ones that we've seen, Really, over the years, has been you, your the tag belts, women's tag team championship belts, um, but not a women's second a secondary women's belt. So, before we jump into kind of who we think it is uh, or who should be involved in this, you know, when I think of new championships being created, I think of it as you know a company addressing maybe a gap that they're trying to fill or address or acknowledge. Uh, a specific thing within a, a certain division with a championship. Now, I think a lot of it does go back to being, you know, on TBS, they're going to need that. But what do you think that the purpose of this belt is going to serve? You have the AEW Women's Championship. So already this feels like the equivalent of 
No, I'm not even say the TNT, but if we're really going with analogies, like mm-hmm. the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. Like and this is the Intercontinental Championship within AEW's women's division. When WWE introduced the women's tag team championships, I was the one who was like, they should have introduced a women's intercontinental championship. Is what because that's where the the roster need the roster didn't have tag teams. The roster had a bunch of talent outside of the iconics. Mm-hmm. There wasn't there weren't really tag teams. And and they should have introduced and they still should have introduced the women's intercontinental championship. Now they won't because of this TBS championship. And I hate because these titles aren't only defended on those networks, so it's just a name that they do to support their mm-hmm. whatever, and it's fine. Um to me, it's a double-edged sword. I like it. I like that there's a, another championship for women to hold in AEW. It, and I like the fact that women have a secondary championship just like the men do. Like, I think it's all great. I think it all makes sense. But they are so inept at booking women's wrestling outside of the championship that well, it's like, that, we're so bad at booking women's wrestling outside of a championship. So instead of getting better at it, They have another championship. championship. No, that's exactly what I was going to say, that they're going to use this as a crutch Mm -hmm. to then build, you know, other feuds, which at least they're going to be doing, but they needed another belt to do it. Yeah. And that's kind of crazy to me that they needed that in order to just create more women's feuds. Now, when you do think about the amount of content that they have on a weekly Mm -hmm. basis, it's a lot. You do have Rampage, you do have Dynamite, you do have Dark, you do have Elevation, um, you have a lot. So the fact that you do have another championship that could be defended throughout those shows and have storylines and and build up women's feuds is something that they really needed. And, And maybe, I mean, think about it. They're not that, the company itself is not that old. As much as they feel like they, you know, have taken off the training wheels and they don't need them, they're big boys and they can ride their big boy bike uh, up and down the street. Sometimes they still need those those training wheels. They oh, yeah. need those items to Absolutely. help build, build stories. And maybe in the future, it will be easier for them to do that. Um, I think ultimately it is really figuring out what the meaning and kind of how this belt is truly going to be treated too in matches, you know. But I also see it like it could be the main event of, of an episode of Dark. Will it you I know, hope not. truly be the has, main event? Has the of TNT a championship ever been the main event of Dark? I don't. Know. I don't. I don't think so. But I mean, I do feel like that would be the peak, the ceiling of it. Um, like, even though it's a TBS championship, and that is going to be the championship as far as you know, the the network that um, Dynamite is going to, I don't think it's ever going to. You know, I do. Uh, I'm not ready to go no, that far I yet. I just they do hold their titles in a certain level of importance. And the fact that it's a championship, I, I do feel like it'll be on television um, just as much as the TNT championship was. And that's defended on TV more than the world title and the world tag team titles. Yeah. I just, I'm not ready to go that far yet. Uh, and maybe it's just me being hopeful. Um, just the one thing they have proven is that they, they do when they have those crutches, they use them a lot and they use them on television. And I just don't, and I think, yeah. And I think that's okay too. You know, like it did have to take that, but at least they are doing something to acknowledge and address the fact that the booking of the women's division has not been solid. I don't know if they've Um, acknowledged it, but well, I, I mean, I think it's a way to know that they need, that they need something to help push. I don't the know that division. 
Do you think yeah, this I is feel like, no, I feel like they do. I feel like I feel because they, they do need it. Yes, that they need it. Do they know they need it? Or are they yes, doing this from more like of a, the, Hey, the, look the at the us. Belt is the proof. The belt is the proof that they need it. And they have acknowledged it because they could have easily done another men's belt easily. I think but I feel it's like this a, is the acknowledgement of like, we need to do more for our women's division. I don't think it is. I think it's, it could be that we need to do more for our women's division, but I don't think it's acknowledgement of their bad booking. I think it's more of a, what can we do that WWE doesn't have? What can mm-hmm. we do? They don't have a secondary championship for the women. They don't have this. Like I do. I think it's that. I don't think Tony Khan will ever say we realized we needed something more for the women unless someone said, hey, did you do this because you realized you needed more for the women? I, if someone said why, he would talk about their partnership with TPS and their great women's roster and all the wonderful talent and all the opportunities on television. He would not say we realized we needed to do more unless someone say, hey, did you realize you need to do more? And he'd be like, yeah, we did, blah, blah, blah. Like he would spin it that way, but he would never come right out with that information. It's about the spin cycle. It is. This is the spin cycle. But anyway, so let's go. Let's look about and 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 kind of maybe what we did similar because again we don't have uh, brackets of a tournament yet. But let's do a hypothetical final four, and we don't have to do you know who's against who. But out of everyone in the AW women's roster, who are the four women that you think would be in the top contendership for? this belt now the four names that come to mind at least of more recently um to me uh someone that they've really been elevating at least promo wise um is jade cardgill you know uh her look and athleticism as a wrestler has been something AEW has really touted and she has been someone even she does have a manager but she wasn't you know uh, put into a faction. She had, she got her own management, which I think is a pretty big. Um, Serena Deeb is someone who, especially the fact that she ended up preventing, um, oh, the name is escaping me. Hikaru Shida. Um, Hikaru Shida from getting her big, is it 50th? 50th win, yep. 50th win is a sign that they still, you know, fairly b- believe in in her um, as, you know, a top competitor. And she is truly one of the best wrestlers they just have in that division. Hikaru Shida as well as someone that as a former women's champion is someone you could put that belt mm-hmm. on easily. Um, even though I feel like with that almost experiment, they've already done that and it maybe didn't produce that maybe the, the umph they wanted in, in in maybe viewership or attention as far as a, a wrestler, she absolutely has what it Well, consider she never got put back um, on television again until it was time to lose again. Like, yes. She lost the belt, yeah. never seen again until she had to lose her mm-hmm. 50th. Yeah. Win. And, and I also think Thunder Rosa, you know, I do think that she is someone who, um, has had great view with uh, Britt Baker previously, who is championship contender material, whether that is the women's belt or this TBS belt. But she really is someone who has helped that women's division grow and has even brought in a lot of young talent that they've utilized in, you know, on elevation and on dark. So I feel like, you know, she has really grown with the company and it would be a, a way to also counterbalance. You talk about championships, always almost having a balance of faces and heels as your champions. She would be a good counterbalance for, uh, you know, the heel that we see in Brett Baker um, and someone who could, you know, really 
do well with mm-hmm. that belt. So those are kind of the four big ones in, in my mind. I'm curious if those are kind of similar names, if you right. have different names. So the final four that I came up with on paper was Thunder Rosa, um, was Ruby Soho. Oh, yes. Was Anna J and was Hikaru Shida. Those are the final four that mm-hmm. I came up with that I think would be would be in there. And I also had Jamie Hayter and Penelope Ford down, but I don't know that they make it to the final four. Here's the thing about Thunder Rosa, and and I don't know that people would, would acknowledge this, but I would, because you have to look at where people's biggest exposure come from. She's technically at this point a homegrown talent for AEW. Yeah. Like no one would want Very to say true. that because you don't want to d- diminish the work she did before she got there, but that's what she is. She's a homegrown talent. If she were to sign with WWE someday, she would be an AEW star signing with WWE, not an independent star signing. You know, she mm-hmm. would be that. Um, Anna Jay is definitely a homegrown talent. Like, like no one knew who the heck she was before AEW came along. Hikaru Shida, I, I think I, I kind of liken it to when, you know, Sasha Banks and Bailey were your first women's tag team champions. Like they were established. They were former champions. They were, they were all of that. Um, I don't think she wins it though. I could see her maybe possibly even losing in the finals. Um, and, and Anna Jay, I think would be a great person to put it on because she's really homegrown. Um, at the end of the day though, I think they're going to put it on Ruby Soho. It's hard. And I didn't put her in that because I thought they were still going to more continue on, um, you know, the, the championship route though, uh, as far as the women's championship though, yeah, I don't think that already. they're taking that belt off of Britt Baker anytime soon. She is going to have a very lengthy. And reign. when she loses, it's probably going to be to Thunder Rosa. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, and, and that's going to be in 2022, I think. And, and again, maybe it's just my, the, what my opinion I have of AEW. I feel like everyone felt that Ruby, Riot at the time was so misused in WWE, they're going to want to be like, hey, look, we're using Ruby better. And, 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 you know, Tony can say that Ruby was such a good talent. She was so wasted. Now she's being used so well. And I'll be, and maybe it's also the part of me that wants her to win because she's already on dark now. Like it's already happened. She was on elevation. Yeah, the, this the week. whole new bright, shiny toy syndrome that they do. No, because they signed Bobby with... Fish and he's got to be on TV every week for a month and then he's going to be stuck on elevation too. Like it's just, or he's going to join the elite and at least he gets the elite rub and that's probably going to happen. Um, so yeah, I just, yeah, but I, I, my gut instinct is, is it's going to go on a Ruby Soho. Mm-hmm. And I think that's totally accurate too, you know, as much as they have the potential to take what they have in homegrown talent, like Anna J. I'm going to put Jade Cardigill in there as well. Oh yeah. You know, that's, I, I, you know, people that they've worked on building and elevating into their own. Yeah, It's not like she was a wrestler before. Huh? It's not like Jade Cargill was a wrestler before anywhere else. Yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're right. You know, um, and and absolutely, even Thunder Rosa, you know, it is also, again, as we talked about, we even, you know, talked about it on the Baby Face Heel podcast about, you know, really what is AEW about? What are their intentions? What do they try to do? And I do think they absolutely are looking into their fan base, but they're also really looking to that fan base who does not like WWE and loves it when AEW does things to prove WWE wrong. And it could easily be a point of we're going to put 
put this belt on Ruby to show how yeah. we could utilize her. Now, I think she also would make a good champion. Though. I do. Again, yeah. counterbalancing mm-hmm. with Britt Baker as your heel women's champion, you have a face TBS champion. And that goes back um, to what you talked about earlier. That's Kim Kardashian West's performance making the writers of SNL look good. Okay, if Ruby Soho becomes this champion and does an amazing job, she makes AEW look brilliant for putting the title on her. Mm-hmm. So it, it it works all the way around. Um, and I do think she would be great as champion. Like yeah. it didn't work in WWE for her. I think had she stuck around longer, and of course she got released, not like she quit. I think her time would have come. It just didn't. And and I mean, she got to wrestle Ronda Rousey. Not everybody got to do that. Like, like she definitely yeah. got to be put in major, major spots and, and did a great job. I think she would do an amazing job and, and could even possibly outshadow Britt Baker as champion in AEW. Oh, yeah. She yeah, were but that, that also that's also why it may not, because you run the risk of that. Yeah. You want to find the right person who is going to be a good champion, but not overshadow Britt Baker. So the people that we're talking about more of that homegrown talent, I think actually Thunder Rosa could absolutely do that as mm-hmm. well. Um, so when you think about who could be even an appropriate first few champions, you know, like an Anna, Anna Jay, like a Jade Cargill, like, um, you know, uh, who else were we talking about? I keep for some reason, and I think this too. You know, whether that's a feud of itself, Ty Conti. You know, yeah. I think Ty and 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 Jay and a Jay are now kind of both in in a spectrum together, yeah. where they're they could be really formidable as a, as opponents and at that kind of same level of of growth and development. Um, and ultimately, as we've talked, as we first described this as the Intercontinental Championship. Ultimately, you would think that this could be a good way to build up whoever's next in line. And you can honestly do that in the women's division in a way that you can't really do it anywhere else because of the fact that you have a very clear delineation. Mm -hmm. And that's going to take a lot of time. It's going to take, you know, a a lot of work, but it could actually work really well where, you know, whoever's TBS champion is going to be in a position to to be prepared or on that block next in line for a world championship and could even help them grow to be a great world champion. I think it's a little bit harder in AW because we still don't have that lineation of, of succession right. still kind of, I mean, the TNT championship is kind of doing that, but it's all also we'll see. In a league of its own. We'll see what happens. I mean, let's remember yeah, the first exactly. TNT champion, it takes time. It's taking the first time. TNT champion was Cody Rhodes. The third TNT champion was Cody Rhodes. Um, uh, what's going to be very telling is what Miro does from here. Cause mm-hmm. he was a dominant TNT champion, did not expect him to lose to Sammy Guevara when he did. And yeah. now what no, happens? Does he, does, does Kenny Omega dispatch of Daniel Bryan Danielson at full gear? Um, or does that shot go to, to hangman page? Who knows? But then is Miro in a main event program or is Miro on elevation? What happens yeah. with Miro now? Like it's too soon to say, you know, we haven't seen Miro since he lost whatever he just lost. But mm-hmm. if he ascends to, or, or does he feud with John Moxley? Like something that's a big deal in AEW out, you know, after being TNT champion, or do, do, where does he go? Does he go up or down? That, to me, is what's going to be very telling about the TNT Championship and emblematic of what they might do with the TBS Championship. Yeah. And you're right. That that's It's taking time, and it's kind of a formula. What I do think, too, and could be very unique about this, I, and I don't know with the TNT Championship um, how much of that we've gotten, but with the TBS Championship, 
the fact that, again, they are doing something to really help their women's division grow, but also stabilize is the voice of the fans. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be something that AEW has been very noted. They do pay attention to fans. They do pay attention to what's online. And if there is a fan base that doesn't believe that this belt is doing the women's division justice or that it's not, you know, elevating, you know, the, the fans will say that, you know, uh, or there at least will be a fan base that's vocal about it. If women's wrestling, regardless of promotion. And I feel like that too, is much more of an objective thing in pro wrestling that we're seeing now than we're, than we have in the past that there is a very passionate fan base for women's wrestling that will not hesitate to call out a promotion. Um, and and that has been one of AEW's just sore spots that they haven't been able to mm-hmm. convince fans that they're doing a good job on. They've been able to do, hide that with their tag divisions and, you know, the championship picture and all these other things. But the women's division is constantly one where I think there's a unanimous feeling that it could be better. And, you know, if this belt doesn't help with that, the fan base is going to do that. And they're going to have to listen to that and, and make adjustments um, as, as they can. But Mm -hmm. I think that also too, is going to work in their favor. There is going to be this fan base out there who will be unbiased and say, Hey, this is great. Or, you know what, this is, this is not good. Um, and you need to, to do better. And and they won't be able to hide, hide behind the fact of, Oh, here's a shiny belt is, you know, you're still not, you know, producing good content or, 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 storylines for your women's division so at, at least it has that level of, of at least i believe a little mm-hmm. of a objectivity to it but you know i do think overall it's a great thing for AEW, and i do think it's a great thing for uh especially the women's division i think it's going to add some stability and it's going to add ability for them to tell more storylines outside of just that main event picture because they've tried mm-hmm. and and it just has not um, and it's also a great way to elevate more of that homegrown mm-hmm. talent that we've been talking about. And it's so important. Here's going to be what's going to be very telling from the start. From, from the jump with this tournament. That's going to tell us a lot about what, they, what their really intentions are and how much you're going to put behind this. Where do the tournament matches take place? Mm-hmm. If they're not on Dynamite and Rampage, then we're, we have a problem. That whole tag team tournament they did with the mystery partners and whatever, I don't even remember who won. None of it was even, like, one match was on Dynamite. The rest of the one was, didn't, is that what Diamante and Ivelisse won? I don't even remember now. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like the one's along with tag. the company and the other one's never on TV. Yeah. Yes. Um, all that was on, it wasn't even on Dark. It was on its own YouTube show. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even good enough to be on Dark. Like, the TNT tournament was on Dynamite. So if this tournament's not on Dynamite, you're sending a really bad match. Now, you have Dynamite and Rampage, so you really have no excuse whatsoever. Yeah. But the proportion, like, some, there are some times where half of Dark is women's matches and half of it's men matches. But Dynamite and Rampage have never been that. So mm-hmm. it, it just goes to show you what level of points they're putting on there. They've really got to put these matches on Dynamite and Rampage, or they're just or don't do it honestly mm-hmm. if you're not willing to put this thing on tv don't do it well it's also yeah tv belt you know yeah. like the fact that you're not gonna it's a tbs belt but you wouldn't put it on tv hmm 
you know. But again, that we we still and, don't know. But and be, history. Yeah, TBS. It's not like they could just randomly name something the TBS Championship. Like TBS had to say okay. Yeah. And so for TBS to give the okay, you got to figure the thing is going to be on television. I hope yeah. so, because, man, it would be dumb. Yeah, I mean, I think we're relying on some history that shows it may not, you know, be the most, condi- you know. The, right. The, the, we're applying the history of the women's division to this. We're not applying the history of the TNT championship to this. And I do think there's going to be a convergence between the two. And that's, yeah. And hopefully they do apply some of the history of the TNT championship to this. And maybe that's the great thing about the TNT championship that they can replicate right. with the TBS championship. Um, and again, it's amazing. Still had to take, I'm giving them know, the benefit of the doubt, not you. <laughs> I'm giving AEW the benefit of the doubt on this more than you are. I know. We, Who would have thought? We live thought? in a weird world, Greg. Where now I'm the one who's more skeptical, but I feel just a little, I feel more invested and protective of women's wrestling. That's all. That's all. It's uh, it's a strange, strange world. But yes, I feel more protective of it. And again, I mean, they also have all the resources. I say this about WWE all the time. They have all the resources and money in the world to do this. And some, and a lot of times they don't. Yeah. And AEW is coming into that same ballpark where they have all the resources and money to do this. So the expectations are just set high. That is all for me. It is. It's not like they're a mom and pop shop. It's not like they're, you know, any independent wrestling promotion. They are now building up and have to to number two. And they have all of the talent and, you know, uh, money and TV that allows them to do this well. So do it. So do it well. Yeah, so do it. You got to do it. You know? Because I, it's weird. Like, like I'm not even saying... I'm not even giving them the benefit of the doubt. I'm kind of setting this as an expectation. Yes. Like, I'll be appalled if they don't. Like, I really exactly. will because exactly. the precedents have already been set with the TNT Championship. And this is something that does allow them to be unique. WWE doesn't have a secondary women's championship. Only people that have secondary women's championships are women's promotions. So mm-hmm. for them to be able to have a secondary women's championship can set them apart. You got to showcase it. The fact that you put a network name on it, it just, yeah. Honestly, they have, it sounds crazy with this title, they have everything to lose and not a whole lot to gain, believe it or not. I think they have things to gain. I think they do. Um, I think they could hit it. There's a very small margin for error. Hypothetically. There's very small Um, margin for error in this. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. But that. And those are our thoughts of AEW's TBS championship um, of who we think may be contenders and who ultimately we think may win. So, you know, would it make us- more sense for AEW to have a digital media champion given all the time and focus they have on dark? And okay. Animation? So, okay. So a week ago when I was thinking about recording the original two topics I wanted to discuss were Impact's Digital Media Championship and this one. And then it changed with the... the Maybe we can talk about it because Bound for Glory won't have taken place yet. So maybe we can talk about it next week. Yeah, we may be able to talk about it because, yeah, it's... This whole championship is very interesting. I did do a little bit of a brief analysis with Najir Chambers on Big Gold Belt Media. So if you want to watch that, it was part of our last um, Impact... uh, 
weekly hot topics. Um, and we t- talk about the, the new digital media championship at the time. We didn't have any matches announced, uh, but we've had a few so far. Um, and it is a kind of an interesting concept, still also kind of vague as well. Um, but, you know, we will see with all of that what happens. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that ho- hopefully soon because that's, you know, another topic for another day, but, uh, new belts all around. Um, so it is. Yes. Yes. Definitely. We'll, ha- we'll have to talk about that, um, at another time, but that is it for this week's edition of the hashtag Miranda show. Thank you all so much for listening. You can find Greg and myself on social media. You can find Greg at Chairshot Greg on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find me, Miranda Morales, at the hashtag Miranda on Instagram and Facebook. No Twitter. And, of course, you can follow the chair shot at chair shot me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And, of course, you can visit thechairshot.com, your source for wrestling news, analysis, opinions, sports, entertainment, and sports and entertainment. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Don't forget to get your tickets for Impact Zone Wrestling IZW fully legal on Saturday, November 20th in Scottsdale, Arizona. Greg, one more time, where can our listeners find IZW online? At IZW Wrestling AZ or IZWWrestling.com. And make sure you stay tuned to the Chair Shot Radio Network for all of the great podcasts, including this one, the Babyface Heel Podcast, uh, you know, Chair Shot Radio, uh, Bandwagon Nerds, who just celebrated their 100th episode. A big congratulations to Bandwagon Nerds for such a big milestone and much, much more at thechairshot.com and as well as all of your podcast streaming platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, uh, iHeartRadio, and much, much more. Uh, Thank you all again for listening and make sure you stay tuned so that way you get to know when the next episode of the hashtag Miranda show drops, get notifications, all that um, through your favorite podcast streaming platform for Greg DeMarco. I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you so much for listening and don't forget to always keep it soft style. F-A-B-U-L-O-U-S.